0: What do you do with all those newsletters that come into your inbox every week or every couple of weeks? Do you just file them away or delete them or do you actually look forward to them arriving and devour every word? I'm joined today by my friend Matt Landau and we're going to talk about everything to do with newsletters. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as always, super delighted to be back with you again. So do you read newsletters? When a newsletter comes into your inbox, do you just scroll through and do the bulk delete of you know all the rubbish that comes in and never even think about unsubscribing? It's just, oh yeah, it's another newsletter. I probably subscribed to it a while ago and you just delete it. Or... Do you think, oh, interesting, I will file that away and I'll read that later. And then you do. Or you open it then and there because you're so interested in what the newsletter writer has to say that you really want to read it as soon as it comes in the inbox. There's a few that I get that I really enjoy and I do look forward to them. I expect them because they are consistent. They come every week, or in one case, every two weeks. And I take the time to read through. I make notes. Sometimes there's links out to other sites, and I might open that link, but I would always open it in another tab so I can come back to the newsletter. And then I file them in an archive for that person. Wouldn't it be great if... You were writing a newsletter for your property or for your property management company, and you knew that that newsletter was being opened and it was being read and it was encouraging conversions. People were enjoying all the information that you were providing and all the content, and you ultimately get reservations from them. This is what it's all about, folks. It's about being able to create a newsletter that is interesting, that is informative, and that gives a little of your personality so people love to have it come into your inbox. Today I'm joined by my friend Matt Landau of the Vacation Rental Marketing blog VRMB. And Matt recently wrote a blog post about newsletters and about the fact that he's a newsletter nerd and he's been reading newsletters for years, and also researching what makes the best ones, what makes people open a newsletter, what pe- what makes people come back to them over and over again and not unsubscribe. Now, I've known Matt for oh, near enough nine years now and have seen the growth of his brand, Vacation Rental Marketing Blog, which is now known as VRMB, and The Inner Circle. And if you're not if if you don't know about Matt, then go to the show notes and go to the, uh, the foot of the show notes where you'll find a link to his website. Um, Matt has recently moved from New Orleans to Florida, to South Beach, Florida. I wanted to find out about that. But I also wanted to find out the secret of the fact that I always open Matt's newsletters and I know that many other people do. And, and it, it is as a result of all this research he's done to find the best of the best and to incorporate that into his own weekly newsletter. So without further ado, let's move on over and talk to Matt Landau. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to my good friend, Matt Landau. And I have to tell you, this is the time lucky in doing this recording, because twice now, I've pressed the record button and it didn't work. So this is the third time I can see the timer going now the little red timer. That's what I should look for. You are the, you are the person that I should be so professional with. But actually, you're the wow. person who doesn't who would care the least. <laughs>
1: And I was about to say I'm just glad you caught it at minute 7 not you know at the very end like last time.
0: <laughs> Hi Heather. Hello.
1: <laughs> How are you?
0: I am very good. Thank you. I'm still here in Ontario. You're in Florida. What the heck are you doing there? Last time we spoke, you were in Baltimore. It was February March. You were living with your family, like many people moving in with their families for the duration. How was it? It was amazing.
1: And I say that with 100% sincerity. It was a time that I don't think uh, my family would have ever spent together otherwise. We had enough space, we were very fortunate that we all had our work to keep us going. And it was really beautiful to be honest with you, having breakfast and lunch and dinner with my family for several months, but it was several months in that I woke up and I realized that I was ready to start a new chapter. And that was when I kind of decided that I was going to relocate from my home in New Orleans to my new home in Florida. And I called up a moving company. I asked the uh, landlord if I could end my lease. And within about a week, I had packed up everything in New Orleans and I was driving east young man, as they say, or is it west?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's wherever you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever direction, whatever direction lights your fire. And Mm -hmm. Florida, it's hot enough.
1: (laughs) It's hot enough. And it's very reminiscent of the tropics, uh, which I love that climate of all my time in Central America. It's also a hotbed, of course, of the pandemic. And that was uh, not something I was ignorant to. But I kind of just realized that, A, we are entering a new world and there's a new set of Things you need to do in order to stay safe. And I'm going to practice all of those things. I'm fortunate with my health. I'm relatively low risk, but I was just ready to kind of make a difficult decision, like all good change and move to a new place. And I have to say, it's been, it was the right decision. I've been really, really enjoying uh, getting to explore South Beach and going swimming in the ocean every morning. That's like a dream come true for me.
0: Well, that's a, that's a great segue into today's topic, because I think I'll go, I'll go back a, a, a couple of weeks, actually, um, when I was listening to a podcast with Anne Handley, and Anne Handley is from Marketing Profs, which is, um, they, they are content creators, and Anne has been around for many, many years, and I love to listen to her whenever she's on somebody's podcast, she she wrote a book called Everybody Writes, which I think everybody should read, and I will make sure that's on the show notes because I'm rereading it. anybody who writes anything, whether it's whether it's copy for your website or just a listing, uh, it's this this is worth a book worth reading. But Anne was on a a podcast, and then I was I was out running, and I was listening to this, and it was just general on content, and then she started talking about newsletters and she was talking about how important newsletters are and that they really are the core of a business because that's the way that you can regularly connect with your people so I thought okay this sounds great I'm going to write I'm going to do a podcast a solo on newsletters and I started to research I started to look at the ones that I really really liked and and of course yours is one of those that I really, really like. And the reason I just went back to that is because it was your latest new, or one of your recent newsletters where you talked about swimming. And that, and I, this was one I was going to bring up and say, this is just the most amazing example of a newsletter because you talk personally, you give it your personal touch. Then you get into talking about business, so it's it's personal, it's businesslike, and it's readable. It's so thoroughly readable. So then I'd see, I, then I saw your blog post, which was about newsletters, and I thought, <laughs> oh, that's. I'm not using the expletive I used. On air. <laughs> no, he's written what I was going to do the podcast about. So there you are. That's why we're here, because I wanted you to come and talk about, to, to expand a little bit on the blog post that you did about newsletters. And you've just mentioned swimming. And now I know because I've read your recent newsletter about, And I always knew you loved swimming because it was in every part, every one of the vacation rental shows that you did. I didn't know whether it was just that you liked swimming or the speedos, Matt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Any excuse to wear a speedo, then my friends won't make fun of me. I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was reading that and I thought, yes, this is it. This is the crux of a newsletter. It's, it's getting that personal stuff in. So that's sort of a long way round of going to, to, to say that that's the topic of this podcast, talking about newsletters and talking about why yours is so infinitely readable, why you wrote that blog post, and in essence, why newsletters.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I love the topic, and seems like we're on uh, the same wavelength. Because, <laughs> like you said, I was—I had begun thinking about a post on newsletters only a week before I posted that. So I'm glad that we get to talk about this. I think it's something that is overlooked even by the most advanced vacation rental professionals, and yet is something that even the smallest, newest businesses can take advantage of. So why? Why do why why should be
0: why should we why should we be writing a newsletter?
1: One, it costs almost nothing. I mean, you have to pay for the platform that you will ultimately be using to distribute it. We there's there's a couple that start off are uh, free. Something like Mailchimp you can use for free for up to two thousand contacts. I think mm-hmm. the only real cost of it is the time it takes to get the email address of your guest added to your list. Uh, sit down and write a newsletter. But it is the single medium of communication I've found that people are open to receiving on a regular basis. You don't want to call your former guests once a week <laughs> and mm-hmm. say, hi, how you doing? That's just weird. Uh, you probably don't have the resources to send them a handwritten note every week. You probably don't have a podcast where you're sharing your updates. Uh, you probably have a gazillion other things on your mind. And so this simple activity of sharing updates with your former guests, people who want to stay abreast of your you, your family, your business, and your destination, uh, and keeping you front of mind. It's just a very, very low cost, high return activity. In fact, about three years ago, we did a little study um, and I'm pretty sure it's still in the resources area of the inner circle, which was most uh, cost-effective marketing techniques on a s- s- timeline, like which returned the most money quickest. And mm-hmm. newsletters were the lowest hanging, easiest go-to. Here's how to gener- generate more repeat and referral bookings. So uh, I still stand by that finding that it is something everybody should be doing and and committing to regularly.
0: Well, you are you are a c you're a self-confessed newsletter nerd. I, I yes. love that you use that use that expression. I, I say, <laughs> you, you always liked it, you
1: remember? <laughs> Vacation rental nerd. I always called us that, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's us. But so so you say you're a newsletter nerd and you've been researching these for a number of years. What what yeah. what has come out of all that research apart from the fact that you now write a pretty excellent newsletter? What else? What what can you share to help people who are thinking, "Oh, this is something I haven't been doing, but what you know I could do now, but I want to do it right."
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, and I have signed up for every newsletter out there, and typically I'll delete them after a couple, or you know, remove myself from the list after a couple uh, sends because they're just not good.
0: Mm-hmm. I would
1: say uh, let's let's break it down into things we like and we don't like. And by the way, I would love to hear from you. I'm seeing your likes and, and dislikes as well. But some th- things that I like, um, I like something that's consistent that I know it's going to come in approximately every day or week or month or quarter. So long as they say this is something that's coming every day, mm-hmm. I'm psyched to sign up. In fact, I just signed up for one here in Miami. It's called the New Tropic. They send it out every single day. And that sounds intense, but it's actually fantastic. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So I would say something that's consistent is important. Uh, you want to trust that the information is going to be good. (laughs) And I think the bad kind of information, is just a whole world of bad information. You obviously don't want to be too salesy. You don't want to just have scrapped something together that hasn't been proofread. You don't want to, you know, be talking about things that are completely irrelevant to the recipients. You want something that you trust is going to be good or interesting or useful. So, there's a huge reputation around each blast that you send and I think you build it the more you're consistent and trustworthy and you you damage it every time you maybe don't put in the right effort or mm-hmm. you don't send something out that's consistent. And lastly, I always like to have something personal behind the author just because we d- like it is a mass tool for mass communication, but you still want the personality there. You want to like hear a little bit about who is this person sending it to you? Why are they a human? Uh, I've started off all my newsletters recently with just a little personal story. And mm-hmm. I think that does the trick. I think all of our uh, colleagues in the industry could pull off something similar. You know, here's a little story about me or my family or uh, my business in this life of post-COVID. Just wanted to share funny, interesting, weird, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then below you go into your subject matter. What about you, Heather? You got any big likes or dislikes about newsletters?
0: I love the personal, the personal side of it. But then, you know, I'm, I've, I've talked recently about About Us pages. You know, it's a similar, a similar sort of thing. When I go into a company website, one of the first things I click on is the About Us page. If it simply, if it doesn't tell me anything about the people behind it, you know, I, I actually won't go any further, rarely go further now. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because there are so many websites out there, so many that are created with, with not much in mind, but selling something, no relationship mm-hmm. is involved. So I'm always looking for a little bit of inside information on that person. What is it? What what motivates them? What makes them do what they do, and also, yeah, who are they? What, yeah, <laughs> and why should I listen to you? Why should I buy from you? Why should I book your vacation home?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, and I, a lot yeah, of our I, colleagues
1: I, sometimes think that it's not professional to share something like that, but it's it's almost becoming the new professional. I mean, you can't pull off a small business success without. Doing that and sharing a little bit of that information. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our colleagues, by the way, come from incredible backgrounds. They have amazing families or other stories that are going on in their lives. Share them. That endears
0: you to guests. Yeah, I, you know Diane Denton from Australia. Of course, uh, she, 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 Australia. And she we know that Diane loves horses. She rides horses, she loves dogs. She won an award for for her um, company, for her vacation rental. We know this because because she talks about it. If if I'm a potential guest going to that site and because her target market is horse owners, pet owners, that she's endeared herself to me immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, and I know Diane's listening to this, and she's going <laughs> to hear her hear her name again. But you know, it's it's such a great great example. Um, you know, another Nancy McAleer with um, Anna Maria Island homes. Sorry, Nancy, I think I've got that a little bit wrong. But uh, but Nancy does exactly the same. She has a nice story. So we've sort of come away a bit from newsletters, but it's the same principle about being personal, yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think so. If you wanted if you want proof, even the largest hospitality companies in the world, they're trying to get more personal. They'll send out notes to their guests written on behalf of like the local chef or the local manager or the person who has lived there all their lives who works at the pool. They're trying to do this personalized thing. So we can't not do it.
0: That's right. That's right. So so there you go. I mean you 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 say that um you know when you're writing a newsletter you should be a mix of one part friend one part destination ambassador and one part small business owner and i've noticed that 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 you do that in your newsletter you you open with a friend you know i, I know that you swim and i thought you you very neatly turned that story about swimming in the ocean and the fact that you've no, you know you've never had formal swimming training but now you're going to get a coach to teach you how to swim better and very, very neatly turned that around to reference what we all do. We get out, we start our companies, really, without having any any education and without having much training behind us. And basically, you're saying, you know, the potential – what did you say? The uh, If you don't know what you don't know, the potential upside is unlimited. So – I thought that was a great lesson coming out of your story about, about swimming. And I think that's something we could look at doing, you know, tell a story, but have an action point at the end of it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I I, um, I always love going up about my week, thinking about what is going to be the lesson that I'm taking away from this week of life to share with my newsletter recipients. And I think the same thing can can be true for vacation rental hosts. Just, If it's going to be every month or every two months or three months, just go about that time thinking to yourself, what is something, a lesson, a discovery, something impressive, something, you know, weird that I want to share with my former guests that I think is interesting. And, you know, if people do a good job at attracting the right kinds of guests, that becomes a wonderful reason to open a newsletter uh every month. So I do think putting some thought into it is a good idea, but also not forcing yourself to come up with it on the spot the moment you open the the draft template. Like take some notes. I use a note app called Evernote that whenever I have an idea, I just jot it down and, you know, think about expanding on it.
0: Yeah, perfect. So the second is one part destination ambassador. So mm. that is you are talking about your location. This is why yeah. you should come here. Maybe it's yeah. you know there's a new restaurant that's opened, or there there are there are some Instagram. I, I, what I love about our area is there's so many Instagrammable locations. So in our newsletter, in our new newsletter that we'll, we're starting up in the fall, we're going to have an Instagrammable location.
1: Nice and
0: a picture, somebody's going to be out there taking a photo and just focusing on that one location. You don't have to be the tour operator, if you like, in in a newsletter. It's simply just one thing that you're sharing that is going to pique somebody's interest.
1: Yeah. What guests have proven across every study that I've seen, guests want local expertise. They want somebody who knows the area really well, who's connected in the area really well, staying abreast of all the news and updates that's happening in the area, they want, like they're willing to pay for that. And that's what vacation rentals are supposed to ooze is our local expertise. If you live in the destination, ideal. If you don't live in the destination, that means you have a little bit more work of staying up to date on everything that's going on in the destination through Google alerts and whatnot but you got invested there in that destination because you loved it for one reason or another. Now is the time to become the formal ambassador of that destination with these prospective guests who probably loved it too when they came to stay with you. Mind you, this is a whole new level of intimacy because they've already stayed. We already know them. They already know us and our destination. So now it's just our job to keep them updated. And I call it the ambassador, but it's basically making sure people are aware of what's going on, good and bad. Uh, Lately, being an ambassador means notifying guests that restaurants are closed, or Mm -hmm. that parks are open, or that golf courses will be closed, or that quarantining is necessary. So, and being an ambassador is not just tourism. It's like, you represent the place. You are that guest's uh, pinhole into the destination. And it does require a little bit of effort to stay updated. uh, But sharing with with guests shouldn't be that hard.
0: Mm -hmm. Perfect. So you also talk about one part small business owner. What does that mean?
1: That means we got to make money. (laughs) That means this is a business. That means um, this is a lot of cases a family business. This is livelihood. We need to look after our bottom line. And that means including something that our guests can purchase regularly. Theoretically, if you could do only help and no sell, it would be the most Mm -hmm. appreciated newsletter out there. But that's not realistic. That doesn't actually get us booking. So you need to find some ratio. Uh, And I think every newsletter deserves some sell, whether it's a special offer for a booking into the future, a last-minute availability. Uh, One of my absolute favorites, the Groupon-style deal in the off-season where people can purchase $500 of credit for only $250. Uh, There has to be some element of the sell just so that all these people who really do want to support you have the chance to do so. Uh, And it's not offensive and it's not off-putting if you're subtle and respectful about it.
0: Perfect. You mentioned sending newsletters out to people who'd already stayed. But of course, you, you may also be sending newsletters out to, to a, a list of people who have never stayed. So let's talk about segmentation. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that in your article. You know, it's that, it's that next step up once you have, and maybe more for companies that have a number of people on their, on their list. Now, yeah. for my company, in the last five weeks, we have added nearly a 1,000 people to a wait list because we are fully booked. July, August, fully booked. Never been known to happen before, but you know, wow. not a single day available in July and August in 160 Amazing. properties. Wow. So, and everybody wants to come, and the weather here is just phenomenal this year, and everybody wants to get out of the city. So mm-hmm. every day we're fielding more and more, Requests and inquiries. So four weeks ago, we haven't done this before. We opened up a <laughs> waitlist. You know, join our nice. wait list. We'll let you know. <laughs> seventeen years. This is the first time we've done this. That's great and tip within, for
1: people who are having overflow bookings right now. Oh,
0: and within five weeks, we've got a thousand, just under a thousand people on this list. That's amazing. That's so amazing, this Heather. is our. I know, and this is our list for that we will be nurturing throughout the low season. So we'll be sending them broadcasts, but we'll also be um, creating a newsletter that specifically for them, targets them in particular. And we're also, there's a couple of different people we're targeting because we're able to segment out our past guests as well, those that cancelled their vacations back in the spring out of fear. Mm. So they cancelled, they wanted to go on vacation, they were fearful of it. And many of them came back and tried to book once we got into June. And of course, everything had gone by then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we are being very sensitive to those people because they missed out on this summer because they actually decided that they were going to cancel. So we're yeah. treating those slightly differently to those who've already been this summer and had a fabulous time and are all relaxed. and But we want them back. So. Our, we've, we've got nearly 7,000 on our list now, and, but we segment them out into mm-hmm. different little buckets and we won't send the same newsletter to everyone. But how we, and I think a lot of you know, bigger companies will be doing that. But what about if you're smaller? How does a sort of segmentation worked, work?
1: It works the exact same way. And frankly, if you're smaller, you can segment even better. You can be the super segmenter. The best way I can describe the power of segmenting your list is if you think to yourself, you have your current list, let's say it's 100 people, and of all the people, they speak four different languages. One speaks English, one speaks Italian, one speaks Spanish, one speaks Japanese. You can't send one English language newsletter out to all of them because only one quarter or maybe half are going to understand it you've got to send four newsletters out to each of those groups. If you take it one step further, let's assume each of those people have a particular subject matter that they want to hear from you about. Uh, One wants to hear about food, one wants to hear about sports, one wants to hear about technology, one wants to hear about the environment. Now you have to, a, a separate dimension, Cause you're not going to send out a, a newsletter about sports to the people who want to learn about the environment. Mm-hmm. So knowing who these people are, what they wanted out of their stay with you and something about their profile, there might be an activity that they all perform, such as the cancellation in the middle of a pandemic. That's an amazing segment because that, that group speaks a particular language and it doesn't make sense to send them a message that also goes to everybody else and vice versa. So I think it's important not to mistake the fact that you can send out one message to thousands and thousands of people with these new tools with the idea that you should. What you should do, no matter how small your list is, is have your segments. And I like to suggest a good start is uh, how many people were in their party because that's an indicator of the size of the vacation rental that they inquired about Mm -hmm. or took Uh, the type of vacation. Was it a romantic getaway? Was it a family retreat? Was it a couple's thing? Was it a wedding party? Who knows? And the third thing is where they live. That's three really important pieces of information that I think give any of us the ability to write a slightly more, precise and targeted message. So now that you have it all segmented out, by the way, it's the most fun activity ever to go and segment out your list. Trust me. (laughs) But it is also probably the most valuable thing that you could do right now. I'm telling you the difference in your open rates, in your click through Mm -hmm. rates, in your purchase rates, when you have sent a segmented message out. And this is not to say that you need to create 12 different versions of every newsletter. You can have one newsletter that goes out to everybody, but maybe you choose to send out a a, a last minute offer uh, to people who are in driving distance from your home. Uh, That's a significantly different person who might live halfway across the country. And you only have a, a one bedroom available, which is, again, significantly different Mm -hmm. from the family who took a a family reunion. Maybe you choose to send that one small group a very targeted message saying, dear friend. And this is, by the way, one of my other uh, tips. Don't use that merge field because people can always tell, (laughs) at least in my opinion, they can. Would you agree?
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Because sometimes (laughs) you you get it wrong sometimes and you'll have the full name in there. Oh, that too.
1: But... Mrs. (laughs) Right, right. And it says like, Mrs. No name. (laughs) Um, So I'm not a fan of using the merge field. I am a fan of uh, sending something relevant and targeted to that group and making it as personal as possible and saying that, look, you're receiving this because you're part of a select handful of folks um, that weren't able to stay with us during the pandemic. We want to thank you for your support. Here's a special offer only for you. 24 hours Take it while while you can. That sort of thing. That's just a much more effective and results generating activity than sending a blanket statement out, which is again way easier, but is not going to generate the same amount of bookings.
0: Yeah, and coming back to these platforms, when people you know, if people are listening and going, "Well, how the heck do you do this?" These platforms: Mailchimp, Constant Contact, Active Campaign. What what's the one that you're using?
1: Uh, Infusionsoft.
0: Infusionsoft. I mean, Infusionsoft has a university, so you know that (laughs) that that gets a little bit more complicated. I got kicked out. I can. (laughs) (laughs) But all of these platforms have methods of doing this. You know, you you don't have to reinvent the wheel and learn how to do this all yourself. It's all within the platform. So you know, it's definitely worthwhile if you haven't done this before. Go try 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 uh, Mailchimp. Um, it's yeah. it's an easy, easy learning curve i 'm glad you mentioned about the names, the addressing of people. What about subject lines, Matt? because I know when when you get all this a constant stream of stuff into your inbox there's some subject line, uh, lines that are, that are a complete turn off, and there are others that, that you just go i 've got to open this. What yeah. makes people open a newsletter?
1: Um, I just want to add one last thing to my last comment, and then I'll jump onto the subject lines. Um, It's important to remember that this is a game of quality and not quantity. Mm -hmm. You could have a list of 1,000 people, and if your open rate is 5%, that's less uh, results than somebody who has a list of 100 people with an open rate of 50%. So Mm -hmm. I would much prefer to see somebody build a list slowly, know every single person on that list and know that they're, and then know that they know you, that they're going to open that email. I would always encourage that to a large list. In fact, I also recommend calling the list on a regular basis. Once a quarter, I do it. I take out everybody who hasn't opened an email uh, in the last month and I just take them off the list. No questions asked. So, mm-hmm. just wanted to mention that because I think it's important to remember it's not just about big lists. On to subject lines. I like to think of two schools of thought. I like the creative, eye catchy, peaking my interest. I have no idea what this is from Heather, but I have to open it. And I also like recognizable. Here comes Matt's monthly newsletter. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's always going to be good. I think those are two very viable um, routes. I think it, you could also do a hybrid. So let's give some quick examples of what a creative one might look like. Maybe your newsletter is about things starting to open back up in your destination and your creative or strange or curiosity peaking subject line might be something like open up wide, or something <laughs> I don't know that's something weird It's like okay this is interesting um that would be an example of creative then you could have just your normal you know here comes Heather cottage link newsletter monthly yeah. every month this is the July edition or you could have a hybrid you could have open up wide in brackets cottage link monthly newsletter comma july mm-hmm. So I like either or some kind of hybrid, um, but I think in general, just staying relatively consistent with what you're going to do kind of keeps people guessing a little bit while not being too mm-hmm. outrageous and catching the spam filters, you know?
0: Okay, what about uh, photos and images and video? Is, is that, um, and I, you know, I hear all the time now that, I mean, you've been, t- you've been talking about video for years, we should be using more video. Do you suggest using that in newsletters?
1: I love photos when they're relevant. Don't use too many photos. Don't make them too big. Make them light and make them infrequent only when they're really needed to emphasize a statement. Video, there's no such thing as video in email. The closest thing that exists is a Gmail um, function that will show the video file itself if it's hosted on YouTube below the email itself. So what? I mean, when I say videos in email is actually a JPEG image in the email that links to a video that's hosted on another platform. And typically they have Mm -hmm. to click it and they have to open up a new browser. There is GIF, uh, those little motion photos, which can be embedded in emails. I've seen that of late. I have not experimented with that. But I am a huge fan of the video element. We've followed Will Franco for many years. The digital handshake revolutionized a lot of inner circles, uh, members, businesses. The digital handshake for those who don't know it is sending a very brief, hello video to your guest upon their inquiry, allowing them to put a name with the face Mm -hmm. And they kind of get to know you and trust you and respect you a little bit more, an important part of that relationship building process. They use this same process of embedding a JPEG image that looks like the cover of the video file with a play button Mm -hmm. on it. So it looks like you're actually playing it in the screen, but it's actually linking you to a separate browser where the video itself is hosted. I'm a huge advocate of using video to communicate your personality. Um, So In this particular case, we call it video email, uh, for lack of a better word. So, yes, definitely a big fan of that. But generally speaking, I think the less bells and whistles and graphics and fonts and formatting
0: Mm -hmm. quirks,
1: the better. You agree?
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, going back to your most recent one, I just love the layout. The, the, The images were great. There's a picture of you on the first the first, the first image you see great picture by the way really good ah uh, thank you my mama my mama told me that <laughs> <laughs> yeah really good picture and then um, yeah you've got a couple of other pictures but all very relevant and your your news section is very neatly laid out you, s- you say you, you don't use different fonts it's just you using um, bold text bold. Yeah. colored text for the uh, uh, Something for the I've learned headlines. in that,
1: actually, this is actually very helpful. I think if you develop a level of expertise, or at least perceived expertise about your region as a vacation rental host, you don't need to just copy paste a link into your newsletter mm-hmm. that people actually trust you to synthesize the story and share the information. And I think if the fewer outbound links, the better, because you want people to keep reading uh, your newsletter. So, I like to try to cover the topic as best I can uh, so that people don't have to go searching for the separate story. And I have found that there are some people who read the little summary and they say to themselves, huh, that sounds really interesting. I'm going to Google this. I want to le- learn more. And they're cool too. So, I would encourage people to really embrace your role as the as the ambassador in that sense of understanding what's mm-hmm. going on, sharing the information, and owning it, being their source.
0: So give me some instances of newsletter fails. Let's wrap up with the, some newsletter fails. What should people not do?
1: I think one of the first newsletter fails is not staying committed to it because mm-hmm. it's a long-term thing. It's not like you're gonna do one and get a bunch of bookings immediately. You might. Uh, But this is a practice, a housekeeping practice that is part of a healthy business. And I think the first mistake is just not staying committed to it. Maybe one moment, maybe someone's listening to this and they're super committed. And then like tomorrow morning, they're like, oh, screw that. Uh, (laughs) That is not going to lead to results. You really need to bake it into your business and you need to um, stay committed to it. Set yourself a a reminder on your calendar and do it.
0: Yep. Uh, So I think that's... Consistency, regularity.
1: Yeah, regularity. And like I said, keeping your eyes open throughout the days and weeks, what go, might go in your newsletter? It, mm-hmm. you, it, you put on the hat of information sharer or ambassador, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're seeing all these things that are happening in town that would be relevant to prospective guests. So just store those on a little mm-hmm. notepad. And by the time you're ready for your newsletter, you know, you have all of your fodder to copy and paste another no, no don't sell like so heavy that people view it solely as a sales email. I'm not saying it can't work. Like there are people who follow discount technology Mm -hmm. websites, newsletters to buy cheap cameras that exists. I think most vacation rental professionals want to form a more meaningful relationship than just a transaction with their guests. And for that reason, I think it's really important to make something of substance beyond just the selling. give some helpful stuff, keep people informed, convey some thought um, mm-hmm. makes a big difference than selling you You agree
0: oh yes, yes, and I yeah. know we've been guilty of this well, you know in in the past, we've been guilty of of just you know we've got some new listings, just get them out in a newsletter, and mm-hmm. the open rate was appalling. Yeah. Because it it felt like sell.
1: uh, A great example of how to do it right when it seemed to work. CJ Stamm and Blue Ridge, Georgia, who I mention all the time, um, they have a newsletter that goes out regularly. It's all helpful and it includes some of their cabins that are for rent. Mm -hmm. Uh, But people open them because they want to read about Blue Ridge and they want to stay abreast of everything that's happening. And it's a very simply, beautifully put together a newsletter, whoever on the blue on the Southern comfort team puts together the newsletter way to go. Uh, <laughs> I read it every month or whatever it is. And I'm not even going to Blue Ridge anytime soon. That said, when they have a deal, they send out a, one email specific, a dedicated email to the deal. Like we've mm-hmm. got a last minute opening here, or we're offering a special here. And those emails generate so much money. I know because I have seen the books. I've literally seen the the profit statements from these newsletters, and it's in the five digits. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: once you build up that trust and respect with the recipient of the newsletter, you've earned the right to say, hey, by the way, we know you love our destination and you love our properties. We've got an amazing deal for you. You've earned that. And people will jump on it. Very different than just sending out the deal every week.
0: We've done it a little bit the other way around with our wait list because the waitlist list is, is just what it is. They're waiting for a cancellation or for a, 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 a new listing. So the moment we have one of those, it goes out to this list. And I have to say the, uh, the record from publishing that to the first book to a booking is six minutes.
1: Wow. That's got to <laughs> feel good. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, it goes out. But then, of course, we've got a mountain of people who've just missed out. So then right. you've got the unhappy people who missed out, but whatever. Well, so we've done it the other way around. That that's the pure sales, but then followed by, you know, you may not have been able to rent this summer, but why not in the fall? Because mm-hmm. this is what it's like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the this is the exact inverse of all the stress and complaints that we hear about listing sites. It's out of my control. I can't change. VRBO or Airbnb, like they're making changes to my listing and they're not letting me communicate with my guests and I'm not getting the inquiries that I need. And they refunded all my money. This is the exact inverse of that. This is literally something that you have built up yourself, a list of people who really want to hear from you, a reputation of sending something regularly and the ability when you need to, to lift up the hood and send out a last minute deal and sell it within six minutes. That to me is Mm -hmm. the the definition of independence. It's something that everybody should strive for. It answers the question that we started with. Why, why newsletters?
0: And talking about independence, just because we're about to wrap up, I'm going to announce to you that we are now 100% independent. We've removed everything. Everything's off Airbnb. Everything's off Canada stays stroke VRBO. And we're called Turkey. Yeah done Well, it's been that, it's been a few years in the making
1: that's pretty impressive heather tell me this when was your last booking that you generated through the listing site
0: well we're still running through some that were booked okay. way back in uh, but okay, um, but you're not
1: listed anymore officially yeah
0: we, we came off airbnb in march or april and um canada stays was swallowed up by expedia and we took ev- every we've actually paused everything back at the beginning of july
1: and was that a matter of principle?
0: For the VR, well, both, yes. Yes, principle. We had a great relationship with Canada Stays for many years, and the, the, the whole feel of VRBO is, is entirely different. So, um, and, and there, was, there were parts of the, of the contract that we were just not happy with. So, uh, yeah. So, what's your advice? Cool. What's
1: your advice to somebody who wants to get to that
0: point? Well, we have, I mean, we're very fortunate that we have an independent listing site. That is is Ontario based. So if you've got a local listing site, support it. And you know it, it might be small to start with, but the more support it gets, the more growth. I mean, thinking of Flabo, um, Nancy uh, McAleer and Michelle Totino's site, and I'll make sure I put a, a link to that in the show notes. Three years now, and they're really motoring with that. So if you're in Florida, you need to be advertising on that because that yeah. will bring you away from, from the OTAs. Topic of another discussion, I think. I know you're on the run, Matt. But last so question, just, last question. Yeah. How does yeah, it on. make
1: you feel? How does being oh. 100% independent make you feel in your body? Well, t-
0: I'll tell you what it was making me feel. And it, and it was really visceral when I saw an inquiry or a booking coming in from one of the OTAs I, I could feel it. I could feel uh, an angst. You know, I didn't want it, but of course it was there, so I had to take it. So now every booking that comes in is organic. We have, we have done it. We have created this following and, and doing newsletters and doing broadcasts and, and re- engaging with our, with our guests all the time is going to see us through to next year as well. Because this year, this year is 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 an outlier. But we want to make next year just as good as this year has been.
1: Well, I think I'm speaking on behalf of all your listeners to say that in addition to having achieved that, you did it while also keeping us entertained with your podcasts <laughs> and all your vacation rental formula work. So you are truly the super vacation rental professional.
0: Well, wow, um, thank, you. We thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes.
1: Congratulations.
0: Oh, thank you very much. And and thank you so much for joining me. Where are people where can people get your newsletter? Cuz everybody should be subscribing to Matt's newsletter.
1: Oh yeah, that's another good quick tip. Make a URL on your page where people can sign up for the newsletter. That's a good one. Uh, mine is slash hmm That's oh, Monday easy. morning motivation. Yeah. M-M-M.
0: Um, and it comes out every Monday?
1: It comes out every Wednesday. I thought I'd pull a quick one on. Over <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I'm changing the title to Midweek Motivation because Monday is a time <laughs> when people are overloaded with emails and things to do. So I'm, I'm switching to Wednesday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mondays, for us, Mondays a time when we're dealing and with many people, dealing with everything that happened on the changeover weekend. Yeah. So
1: may uh, I so ask when- people who might sign up for my newsletter for one favor? Sure. When I, when I, uh, when you get your confirmation email, it says, I would love to learn about you. I'd love to learn who you are, like how you got started in this industry. I'm sincerely curious. I would love for you to share with me by hitting reply to that email, where you come from, how you got started. I I am sincerely like, I love those stories. So please do share, um, be personal and don't click the spam button. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and and I just want to add into that because this is what you have to have on your newsletter as well is that engagement bit right at the very end asking them not just to read it but to tell you why they want why they love your location what is it what is it that's making them read the newsletter to the end where they've seen that
1: yeah encourage them tell them just click reply I would love to hear from you a lot of people yep. think that it's a robot sending out the newsletter, but if you actually encourage them to reply and then you reply back, huh, mm-hmm. you formed a little relationship there.
0: Yep. And, and I can tell you with 60% repeat guests now, it's all about the relationship.
1: You are just, you're breaking <laughs> I'm killing, records. I'm killing
0: it. I'm you're just killing, killing it
1: today. All right. Well, it's <laughs> Friday. I got to go but it was lovely talking to you as always.
0: Absolutely wonderful to talk to you and we will catch up very soon.
1: Okay. Bye Heather. Did you record this
0: one? Thank you so much, Matt Landau, for all that super interesting information about newsletters. It's made me want to revisit the newsletter that we are sending to our owners, uh, to our owners and our guests and ramp it up a little, include more personality, include more of the business style to it. And as well as that, include some really informative stuff. I know that we are guilty sometimes of just wanting to get something out really, really quickly, and instead of just a broadcast to our list, we we put it in the guise of a newsletter and all it is, is just a link to some new listings or some cancellations. And that's probably not the best way of going about it. So as we go into the fall and winter, and maybe, maybe our, our reservations are going to ease off a little bit and we have some time, we're going to spend a lot more time working on the format of our newsletters. Think about how we target people and segment them, because I think that's a really important point that Matt made about segmentation. So I'll be creating a new short course shortly on creating a newsletter and including a lot of examples of, of what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And I will let you know as soon as that, is, uh, that comes available. So for now, that's it for me. Thank you so much for joining me on the Vacation Rental Success podcast. And I will be back with you next week, of course, and bringing you much more information. Uh, And don't forget, if you like this, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go to iTunes and leave me a review and a good one, of course and I'll look forward to reading that. And you can contact me directly at heather at vacationrentalformula.com. And I will, of course, get back to you. If you've got any questions whatsoever, whether it's on newsletters or anything else, please let me know. So from me, thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure to be with you. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.